Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hey. Hello. On today's show, we will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about movie news, including a Bob's Burgers movie, Vicky. I know. Some Marvel news and Star Trek. We will also talk about the season three casting in Picard. And maybe we'll uh, discuss Joe's thoughts about the show. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Or just search BJ Shane's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find (laughs) us. Yes, lots of ways to get a hold of us. But, I mean, if you just want to listen to us and uh, just be a part of the listening experience, please do so. We've got the Odyssey app, like Vicky said, and uh, I know through, like, Apple Podcasts and all those things, you can leave those four stars or five stars or whatever the maximum amount of stars are. Give us the max because that helps my fragile ego. Now, getting right with it with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach, we've got him, and he is from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And like I said, we got some movie news. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed in Review. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth, I know that there was a big reveal for a movie that I know that we have mentioned, maybe just you and I going back and forth, but I think it was a big surprise for some people that Bob's Burgers is going to have a full-length feature movie. Absolutely. Now, you know, we'd, we'd heard rumors about this. And during one of their Comic-Con online panels, they had mentioned, oh, yeah, 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 it's still coming. COVID's kind of delayed it, so on and so forth. And while we had a teaser trailer a while back, there was always kind of this gray area as to when we would actually see it. There were some even said, I wonder if it's going to go to Hulu or something like that. And at WonderCon this past weekend, they came out uh, full cast, full creatives, said it's, it's going to be coming this summer. And uh, they showed us the first six minutes of the film. Uh, and then they, uh, you know, answered a few questions about various things. It looks like it's, it's happening. And they said, you know, it, it was odd because they had to film it separately from the way they do the TV show. In that with, for the show, they're all together when they do the voices. For the movies, they have to be separate. But uh, they're ready to go and it's coming out in May. Wow, that's got to be interesting just in the terms of like having to switch it up like that. I mean, that's kind of exciting. What did you think of the first six minutes? Well, it was very well done in that they were clever enough to, at one point, they hinted at something. I can tell you the classic 20th century studios theme with the uh, drums and the searchlights gets a gene makeover. And uh, they... they were clever in that they did it as a musical number involving the kids going to school <laughs> and Bob to a burger because he's trying to get an extension on a loan that they desperately need. And uh, we have this really fun musical number. They tease some things like uh, there'll be episodes kind of going to learn more about Tina's erotic literature fixation. And it will be done in a blade, it will be done in a Blade Runner context. And we're like, okay, this is going to be good. We may find out why Louise wears her hat all her bunny ears all the time. And uh, they said that there are certain things in the movie that are tying in directly with 
uh, TV shows of the past as well as future things. Like they, they very clearly mention, notice that there's a crack in the pavement now that didn't used to be there. That's a key thing that's going to be developed <laughs> in some of the recent episodes. And it, it looked good. I mean, the teaser was classic Bob's Burgers without giving away anything. That's perfect. I mean, I'm so excited for this because that's one of my favorite shows. So really, really stoked for that. Now, moving on to some some more uh, uh, traditional stuff in terms of like we're seeing a lot of promos for Doctor Strange in the uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. What news do you have from it for now? Okay, so what we're hearing right now is that it is actually just over a little over two hours and change in that it's not going to be short. But it's not going to be one of these massive three-hour-plus like Avengers Endgame uh, was. In fact, we're hearing it's a few minutes shorter than Captain Marvel, which was actually the shortest of the recent films. And supposedly, it will be the shortest of the Phase 4 movies. Oh, So I've heard about two hours and 20 minutes. And I mean, you're saying like short, but I mean, that's still almost two and a half hours long and i feel like out of any of the movies that this is the one that kind of needs to have a lot of maybe a lot of explaining or do you think maybe just you know random speculation on this that they're just going to kind of go with some of the stuff or maybe some of the stuff that we've seen is uh less important and maybe we're just seeing little snippets of like very small tidbits of stuff yeah this is a really confusing thing because you're right because after the events of spider-man after the events of WandaVision, there is a ton, even Loki for that yeah. matter, the TV theory. There is so much stuff to cover. And I think what's going to happen is I don't think they're going to try to essentially resolve it. I think they're essentially going to treat this as an extension and say, this is the aftermath of all that. This is where these characters are right now. And they're going to set all these different threads into motion that are going to be covered in Thor, Love and Thunder that are going to be covered maybe even in She-Hulk and some of the other TV series coming, Miss Marvel, uh, that are going to be addressed when they get to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and all of the other stuff down the road. I mean, let's not forget, there's still some unannounced Phase 2 movies. We know there's Blade movie coming. Everyone knows about Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, we, we're hoping that this summer when you get to Comic-Con, when you get to the D23 Expo, Marvel is going to give a little more clarity to what some of these things are. But I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're essentially not going to try to resolve these unre- these threads from these films. They're simply going to say, now we're at this point with them. Here are these new threads we're opening up. Bang. And that's it. Because you, you can't resolve something as complicated as the multiverse uh, in two and a half hours. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. So it'll be exciting to see where we get with all of that. So Really, really stoked. I mean, that does come out in early May, and we'll see where that sets the stage for everything else. And then finally, we've got some Star Trek news. First off, are they going to be making a damn movie? <laughs> so they're, they're, they're still planning on the movie. Chris Pine says they're waiting for the script, but this is where it gets interesting because, as you know, they supposedly had deals in place with Pine and Quinto and then tried to offer them lower rates. The whole thing fell apart. We heard all the stuff about, oh, this person's doing a movie, this person's doing one. We had director's name. The projects never came to be. And what we're hearing now is that the intention is to still go ahead and do a film with the Chris Pine cast. The problem is 
they don't necessarily have a script yet. And what is really complicating matters is financial. And I know that always seems to be the way of things in the movies, but what you're looking at here is that these Star Trek movies have become extremely expensive. And it's kind of what they call the law of diminishing returns. So to give you a quick example, when you look back to the classic films, you could do one of those for about $30 million. And the idea was Shatner gets a million, Nimoy gets a million, DeForest Kelly gets a million, and then you spread around the rest of the cast. They make $65, $70 million. Okay, everyone's happy. We made a little bit of money. And, And then when they got to Next Generation, by contrast, they found that, for example, with Nemesis, Patrick Stewart was pulling down $12 million. The other leads were getting $7 million a pop. And then you have all those back-end deals and a cut of the profit. And what they kind of found is that there's kind of a limited box office for Star Trek films. And Abrams' first film blew that all out of the water and had this huge box office. There's apparently what they call, Chris Pine is concerned that about the, what essentially is referred to as the marvelization. There's some that think we need to go bigger, bolder, better to bring in the box office. And then there are others saying, but this doesn't work for Star Trek. You are not going to bring a billion dollars in with a Star Trek film. That doesn't happen. And you're at the, but we want it. We're not going to sign on unless we get paid. But at the same time, here's the studio going, well, if we've got to make, say, 500 to 600 million just to start showing a profit, uh, we're getting into a dicey area, and the only way to do this is to start throwing in possibly non-Star Trek-y things to attract the, essentially, Marvel audience, meaning, you know, massive battles, massive action, so on and so forth, because people don't want a nice cerebral let's chat out the problem. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And, I mean, even I know that there was a big um, issue when the first new reboot of Star Trek came out because it was like, well, this doesn't mean, you know, this isn't what they thought. This isn't what, you know, Star Trek should be. But it was immensely popular and reignited the series again. So do you feel that there is a chance for them to go back to that old formula at all? I mean, even just, you know, salaries and all that stuff aside, is there even a chance for them to do that now? They are, but I think they need to really rethink it. I think it's a case of the original Star Trek that Abrams did, there was a curiosity factor. Mm -hmm. And they were very clever in that they kind of marketed it as, this is not your father's Star Trek. And I think you've got (laughs) people, you know, people essentially saying, all right, I want to have a look and see what's going on. And they were really clever to say, hey, folks, this is this other universe, so you don't have to play that game of, well, that isn't canon, and this isn't canon, and this works, and that doesn't work. And it it freed them up to pretty much do whatever they want. And that worked really well for the first film. And I think the problem was the second film screwed it all up because – Oh, it's not going to be the Wrath of Khan. It's not going to be the Wrath of Khan. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch isn't Khan. No, he's not Khan. And in the end, oh, hey, look at that. He is Khan. And <laughs> instead of instead of Spock going under in the radiation room, we're going to have Kirk, but it's essentially the same scene. And I think a lot of people kind of turned on him at that point, saying, you essentially lied to us, and then you gave us the same movie. And then I think the Nemesis 
who knows? You know, they tried to mix it up. But if you remember that scene with the motorcycle and all of that, and mm-hmm. people were like, why is there a stunt? Why are we getting fast and furious scenes on a motorcycle in Star Trek? <laughs> and, you know, you get Ed Griselva, who's a fantastic bad guy, and you cover him under all this makeup. And I think that's kind of where they went to, where people were like, what is your identity? What is your direction? And we've seen how divisive Discovery has been for people. And even Picard, which is loved even more, you have people going, oh, I don't like the, the adult language, and this is a little more violent than I expected. And that's kind of the problem, because they're trying to progress the franchise and give you something that is in keeping with modernizing at the same time. I mean, uh, I, I read something the other day. There was this great episode, two episodes back, of, you know, inequality in society and how there are people in the world more than enough money to make all of society's ills go away, but they won't because their big is having less. And I thought, you know, to me, growing up on original Star Trek, I looked at that and said, that is classic Star Trek at its best, taking social issues and putting them into a topic, not drawing a hard line, but essentially putting it there, framing it for debate. Now people are saying, oh, they're getting preachy. They're being too woke. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, and, and I think that's the problem. You know, how do you win? They put sexuality into the new series and people are like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. This doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll just have to see where it works out. And I know everyone is. I don't know if everyone is hoping necessarily for a new Star Trek movie, but I think uh, uh, collectively everyone wants to make sure that it's a good Star Trek movie. Unfortunately, I don't even know if uh, if if you ask that to any random fan if they actually know what that means. And you know, it's funny because if you ask people, I've asked several people, "What would you like to see them do?" And the overwhelming answers I get are. I'd like to see more Enterprise or at least see the Romulan War. And then the second one, and this is the one that I'd like to see that I think desperately needs to be answered. They need to resolve Deep Space Nine, Cisco's return, and what exactly happened with the Dominion and the Federation and all that in the, you know, Picard is around that time frame and they always have the opportunity to do that. But, you know, that was a massive event, the Dominion War. What is the Federation's aftermath like? That's a good call, and I hope they're all things that get addressed in this. And I know that we'll find out as we get closer and closer to the event. And uh, as these things go down, you'll be on the pulse of all the news. People can find you at SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And yeah, in the movie world, Star Trek doesn't know what's going on, but they definitely know what's going on with Picard season three, because we're only like, what, like halfway through uh, season two at this point, maybe six episodes in, I believe now. Okay, so yeah, I mean, so it's a fair amount of them in, but they've already decided to reveal what's going to be happening. And this happened at the beginning of the week. And it looks like the uh, Jean-Luc Picard's family is back. In a surprise casting announcement, and this came from Inverse.com, they revealed on First Contact Day the entire main cast of Star Trek The Next Generation will return for Picard Season 3. They did this with a trailer, and they're showing off, uh, basically you will see uh, new quotes from the entire main cast of The Next Generation, including Jordi LaForge, Worf, 
Deanna Troy, Crusher, uh, Gates McFadden, uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher, not uh, Wesley Crusher, Riker, and Brent Spiner, but probably not as uh, Data. Oh, because okay. I mean, robot androids age weird, so I don't know how that's really going to go through uh, go through it all. But the trailer does say uh, it continues to go uh, showing off his, uh, Picard's. He's going through some of his old belongings. He goes and he sees his TNG era uniform and communicator badge, and then we see Riker and Picard side by side holding phasers, with Riker saying "Ready," and Picard replying "As ever." So. Interesting that they're going to be bringing it in for season three, which I kind of am surprised because I figured that they would just be doing that a lot earlier. Yeah, that's shocking to me because season two doesn't have any of them. <laughs> you know, season one had some like clips quickly. Yeah, because it was mostly about you know Picard's experience being uh, a retired officer who is now kind of crazy and Aww. going through cancer and stuff like that. Not the happiest of Picards. Gosh, right? Yeah. Um, and then this season has been just weird. I think weird is the way to describe it because it's a, it's a Q season. So, and you know, it's the updated, not uh, episode to episode where you would just get Q for 60 minutes and it would be like a one off where he, you know, challenges you or whatever. Or maybe even a two parter. This one is full Q season where they time travel. And they switch realities. Oh, yeah, because Q wasn't it, and that was kind of a big thing. It's very interesting, but also, Joe, uh, time travel. Hey, my two worst things I love in shows is when they <laughs> change realities and then time travel because pretty much what they're saying is we don't have a story, so we're just going to do what we want. Yeah, it's kind of weird on that end. And boy, let me tell you, CSI Picard is really killing it, and I don't I mean <laughs> that literally. Did you CSI Picard? Dude, I don't know how they... What what Paramount did? The, the three, <laughs> three episodes of this season have been in essentially in 2024 in the middle of LA. You know, with you know one of the huh? characters getting deported, and they spend 50 percent of the storyline about that. And it's like, okay, well, this is Star Trek still, right? Nope, everyone's in LA. It's fine, just oh, doing geez. their thing. You know, they got to you know figure out something. The Borg Queen. Has emotions and is lonely. I, I can't make this stuff up. Okay? I'm so lonely. I'm the Borg Queen. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, Q has to get Brett Spiner's help because in this reality, Brett is trying to save his daughter who was a cy- – I think she was like some super cyborg android in the first season, but we don't know what she is now. She might still be that. Maybe like, I don't, like, <laughs> you sound very confused about the whole thing. This whole thing is confusing, man. Well, I mean, if you get through this season, you'll have uh, next season to look forward to. I don't even know if they're going to be uh, getting out of 2024 at this point, but uh, good luck to you. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm there. You know, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of this season about how you and uh, your father, who uh, uh, may be a little bit more into this, will have to see if he's uh, if he goes along with what you think about this or if he's uh, a little bit divergent from his thoughts. Yeah, and Picard was my growing up captain. Yeah, you know? same, same. And so this one hurts. He's he's oh, no, And I will say this because he is noticeably older in this particular season, too. You know, he, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't blame him for that. You know, the more you do work as you get into your older age, the harder it is to continue. Totally. You know, you're a tired man. And it kind of shows on screen a bit. But I think BJ might be agreeing with me on this one, unfortunately. Ooh. And not by my own <laughs> twist of uh, the arm or anything. I think we'll get him on and he'll be like, well, you know, I got to tell you. 
<laughs> you know, which it makes me appreciate Discovery more because I'm like, at least Discovery was in space. <laughs> you know, I was like, right? I mean, when it's not in space, that's pretty awkward. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> multiple episodes. I'm just like, what? Well, thank you for that. And we'll have to see what happens uh, as we get closer to the end or when we get to the finale. Let us know your thoughts about that, everyone out there listening to us as well. But now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky. Well, what are you doing? It's Friday. Oh, yeah. So that means uh, probably movies, right? Movies. Movie time. Uh, since we weren't here last Friday, I do need to talk about a movie that did come out last week. And I don't want to say controversy, but it's a lot of mixed feelings on this movie. Um, Morbius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, um, I'll just say that due to the uh, overwhelmingly um, negative reviews from the critics, that I have decided to do this and give it the Venom treatment, which is I'll watch it when it comes out on like Stars or something mm-hmm. uh, in the comfort of my own home. And surprisingly, I haven't. I mean, I've seen people talk about it like, hey, this is what the after credit scenes mean. Oh, <laughs> I, have, I mean, clicked on it, but I haven't seen anybody spoil it yet. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, if it gets spoiled, it gets spoiled. I'm not too worried at this point. And I, I spoiled it for myself just because there was there's a big hullabaloo about right. the, how confusing it is, the uh, the after credit scene. So I had to watch for myself. And yeah, and then you read the articles about the breakdown. And yeah, there is some, some interesting aspects of it. But uh, to me, it seems kind of like just another Sony mess of a movie. Plus, I'm not a real big fan of Jared Leto anyway. So. See, like, the thing is, it's funny because Jared Leto is such a good actor but i like on top of he just seems very snobby the more and like more time passes because i used to really love him uh with 30 seconds to mars his band which i still love the band but i heard that he was like going to the bathroom in his wheelchair doing the whole method acting and stuff and i mean i get it but he sounds very snobbish especially for a movie like this and on that same note i don't know what to believe anymore because we heard this stuff about him being the joker and sending like dead rats or something but i thought some of that uh you know for what suicide squad Mm -hmm. but i heard that some of that was like not real and some of that was debunked so i really don't know what's reality and what isn't at this point in time but Oh. What, what is the uh, tomato score giving it right now, Vicky? All right, so we got both scores. The tomato meter is giving it 16%. Oh, it went Yikes. down a percent than the last time I saw it. Oh, dear. The audience score, which is why I'm like, if I get a chance to see it in theaters, like a friend's like, let's go see it. I'm like, sure, let's go. But I'm not going to necessarily actively go see it. It's got 70%. Okay, That's so- That's fresh. Yeah, it's it- over 2,500 verified uh, ratings. All right, so th- it feels like there's definitely a disconnect on what like a comic book movie should be and like what the uh, the audience was expecting and what they got. It's interesting because like I maybe I'll talk about this in a future episode or in a future geek sheet. But I was recently reading an article about why um, the no, I keep saying Encanto in my head uh, the Eternals uh-huh. <laughs> uh, was actually a better movie than people gave it credit for, and they list the reasons why. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, so it's not your typical superhero movie, and I think we have to kind of get that out of our heads with some of these movies. So I'm curious when I do get to see it, whether it is in theaters or wait wait for <laughs> it to come out on stars. <laughs> yeah, it's usually a little sooner than that. But if you guys have seen it, please let us know. I would love to see like your reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Like we'd love to hear from the Geek Nation about that too because again, yeah, like even you said, critics can very much be wrong and they have been, especially when they're being critical about a movie. But movies that are coming out this week, this one I'm a little confused about cuz I thought it had already come out, but I think it might have been a limited release. Uh and this is I, you know, I watch a lot of TikTok and follow a guy I've talked about many a times, Straw Hat Goofy. Mm-hmm. 
He has said this is probably the best movie of the year so far. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And I keep yeah. seeing more and more trailers. I've been watching a lot of YouTube, so it keeps popping up over and over <laughs> again. It just looks so good. It looks like it's not just like a sci-fi, like a badass like fighting movie. It looks like there's a lot of heart and a lot of like real human emotions and like things that they're dealing with. And I'm really excited to see this. And this is the movie that I'm going to try to find a way to see it in theaters because I feel like that is yeah. how it is meant to be well, seen. Well, Vicky, um, I know that you are a fan of the 4DX experience. So if you have that in your city, and we do in Seattle, yeah. you can go see it with the roller coaster ride because it is in 4DX. I just need to find my Dremamine first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With me, especially with that. Like, yeah, that, you can't do it. No, no. After uh, Black Panther, I'll never do that again. But I do oh. want to see this. In the theaters as well. And one thing I didn't notice is that the Russo brothers were actually producers on this. Ooh, like, like I, I mean, they're the ones who did uh, Infinity War, mm-hmm. uh, at least the first two Captain Americas. So yeah, like, and, like, and obviously the director, if you guys didn't know, uh, were the same guys that did the Swiss Army Man. <laughs> Oh, the weird one with Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. And I know at least one of them did uh, one of the Legion ep- episodes, directed that. So I'm like, okay, so he's good. They they understand they're weird. <laughs> if that makes Ye- any sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is one. This one I'm actually very stoked for. I just got to get around to going to see it. Joe, you thinking you're gonna see it in theaters? You're gonna wait? No, not a chance. Are, like, is there <laughs> like you're not in a theater mood anymore? It's not that. This movie actually does look good. The only hard, hard, hard part I have to find, and I might be wrong about the premise of the movie, but this is supposed to be that she's like an assassin or something, right? Like she's she's living one life, but she goes through a bunch of different lives, and the main life that she goes through, or the one that, that kind of creates the story, is that she's like an assassin running from time cops or something, or... It's, reality it, cops. It, it, yeah, it's not. Yeah, and it's not like uh, it's not time travel, but it's like multiverse sort of stuff going on with it. So I can find a synopsis for you. It says when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her uh, her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. And seeing from the trailers, it seems that she's learning to access all the powers that all of the other dimensional hers has. So, so it's kind. Of like learning that sort of thing makes me think of Sense Eight, where they have all the people in their cluster, except it's her within multi different yeah. multiverses, or maybe even something like Jet Li's The One. If you remember that from back yeah. in the day, there's a whole bunch of others. But instead of having defeat to defeat the other hymns, uh, she just has to be able to access those, and that's really what I mean. The 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 trailer already seems like a mind trip. So who knows oh, yeah. at that point? It is ninety seven percent on the tomato meter. Fresh ninety six audience score. So this is definitely probably going to be the biggest one of the biggest movies of the year. And mind you, like we already saw um, Spider Man this year. That was this year. Or was that last year? That was at the end of last ah, year. So right. some but people then, waited until this year to see it. That's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't start talking about it until we came back from vacation. Exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, and it's uh, Michelle. Oh, I'm gonna push her. Yo, 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 yo. yo. Yes. yeah. I think it's just yo. She's amazing. I saw her in Star oh, Trek yes. Discovery. She was like the redeeming quality <laughs> of that whole show. Um, so I have no doubt this movie's really good. Just one of the things for me, and it's just personally one of those like mind walls that I hate that I have to get around is that I really don't like shows that do the whole like older person is martial arts master and can defeat like 
you know, even it doesn't matter, like super buff fighter. Because I'm just like, look, I get it. It's, it's I don't know why it's in my own now, head. It's now, like, now, now I need to find a whole bunch of uh, like there's a bunch of like old oh. martial arts movies with older dudes like just wrecking people. And so it's I think just me. Great. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say though, like I'm gonna troll you with them. Yeah, Hunter and and like in real life, she would whoop everyone's ass. Because I forget <laughs> how old she is, but she does not seem to be her age. She was also in Shang-Chi, if you got, if you remember, she was oh, the yeah. aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So when it comes to doing movies with martial arts, she's been doing it for a very long time. So she knows her crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's 59 years young. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just like those... she could be our mother. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, she's I, a badass. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I bet the movie's actually phenomenal because I do like the concept because I liked mm-hmm. the one, and that was what seemed like just the worst version of this movie. <laughs> yeah. at this point. And speaking of worse movies or bad movies or whatever, something that people are thinking is going to be bad or not, I don't know. Sonic the Hedgehog two. I hear a lot of good things about this just because of how they they're they're a video game movie, which in itself is already a super low bar. The first movie was surprisingly good, and then now especially after all the, the oh yeah, once they, they fix they Sonic, yeah, get he away from those like human a teeth. Foot with a, with teeth. A foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked like a foot with teeth. He did. Like when you said that, I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> but yeah, just the fact that the uh, this the sequel seems to heavily lean into the lore of Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog, and it seems like Jim Carrey's just going all in with Robotnik and just hamming it up. Right. And I mean, this is might be a very important movie if you're reading. I'm not going to get into the whole um, gossipy side of it, but Jim Carrey is kind of threatening or saying he might be re- like leaving acting altogether because of the a lot of crap that's going on. So this might be his last movie ever. Who knows? Yeah, it'd be an interesting way to go out on that. Uh, just for reference, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out at 63% on the tomato meter with an audience score of 93%. Mind you, ten, over 10,000 over ten thousand verified ratings on that one. And right now we don't have an audience score, obviously. We have 75 reviews for the tomato meter at 67%, which is still higher than what the tomato meter the, the, they gave it for the first movie. So, And that's still it, technically fresh. And that's still fresh, and it's about what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, seriously, like, there have been so many video game movies that have just been trash. I feel that if it even kind of, like, respects the lore and is a little bit of fun, it's going to get a higher rating from the audience. Right. If you guys care, Fantastic Beasts, the last one, 61%, it's coming oh, out, and yeah. nobody cares. That's with, like, Mads Mikkelsen instead of right, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. And if you don't want to leave your house, go check out All the Old Knives. Got 74% and that's going to be on uh, Prime Video. Oh, nice. And that one has uh, Chris, Pro- uh, Chris Pine and uh, Fandy Newton. Oh, cool. Fandy. So Fandy. if you do see any movies, let us know. I want to hear reviews because <laughs> we can't go see them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> and until next time, stay alert. Nerdy. Nerdy. <laughs> I can't speak. Bye.